A big hi to all. This is Ashwath working as a growth marketer for Amplus. In our podcast series, I'll be interacting with sales, marketing, and digital marketing professionals and take a little peek into the journey which can help us to collaborate, learn, and unlearn from each other's success stories. On today's podcast, I have Vaisat. Hi. Hi. Good evening, Ashwath. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, doing fine. Just fine. It's good to know. So, uh, getting into the before getting into the podcast, we'd all love to know about you, your role, and the company you work for. Yeah, so I work with Lemnisk, which is a customer data platform. We work on customer data, and we work with BFSI companies in general. Say, be it in India, be it in Southeast Asia, be it in Middle East, be it in US. So these are the target markets, and I work with the sales team where I drive uh, leads generation, account management, as well as lead closures. So that's where my role comes into play. Okay, that's good to know. So uh, since you have been into this field, uh, what are all the typical challenges that you see? Typical challenges: B two B B two B sales is never a one to one person deal. It takes. Yeah. it takes multiple levels multiple stages multiple rounds of meetings and the kind of challenges that you would have to face with each round of meeting or with each level is different so i would like okay. to say that this level of hierarchy is something that we find as not we as part of lemnisk i think it's we as part of the b2b sales force itself find it as something that cannot be easily sorted out we have to endure this process and this is something that we have to respect okay. at the end of the day but this is a challenge nevertheless because in a b2c company what you would have to do is just talk to one person just talk to two persons at the max and then close the deal and you're happy with it but b2b takes time because it involves multiple stakeholders multiple levels and all that yeah that's the typical challenge that we face and i think that's that's one of the primary challenges that i would like to point in uh just uh what is the duration for a single process to get the leads converted into your customers what is the duration exact duration you would love to know that well the best answer i can give you is it depends upon the size of the company mm-hmm. upon the channels that they want to look forward to especially for us being a software as a service provider there are multiple things that go into a client's head before turning into a customer be it right from financials be it right from the value proposition to other multiple factors including um, the whole entire technical process involved in the whole uh, software implementation so i can say i can give you a rough ballpark figure here which ranges from about 120 days to 300 days oh my But god that's I'm a pretty, pretty sure large number and yeah because we we, uh, we tend to cater to organizations that are not just restricted to one or two key stakeholders we talk mm-hmm. to a lot of people there are a lot of factors to be involved and i don't think it is something that can be closed shorter than that period to be very honest but i'm very happy for those uh, organizations that have smaller value propositions that get closed faster than this so yeah so i mean that that's the way i think about it i think the entire sales process hmm. in general b2b organizations spans about 
120 to 300 days in general. Okay. I think I have a pretty interesting slide to share with you so that uh, we can discuss more about this topic later. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I mean, I'm all isolated. Okay. Uh, I, I would like to ask you this. Uh, since you have been into this domain uh, for considerable amount of years, like, do you have some tips or some hacks for the people who is currently listening to this podcast? I I do not I do not know if these are tips or hacks in general. Uh, okay. What what I tend to focus on is trying to maintain a single database for every. Okay, now I can I can um, let me let me do it in a very precise manner as to how I go about my sales process. Mm-hmm. Because whichever account or whichever lead I tend to find out, I try to make sure that there's a typical follow-up process involved in the whole entire process because that's the biggest learning that I've learned in sales so far. And in order to optimize this follow-up process, I follow a typical pattern where I use the simplest of Excel sheets and Excel formulas in order to make sure that I can get this follow-up process faster. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to sourcing, one small tip that I generally tend to use is I tend to use social media networking sites, especially LinkedIn, in order to get the best uh, email IDs or the best phone numbers, be it in terms of the product tools that are being used to get these, uh, that are used to be generating these email IDs or numbers or this general platform itself, because Mm -hmm. it's a vast resource. And I think it's best that we can optimize our entire sales process if we just focus on this particular platform. Yeah. So I think, I think uh, using LinkedIn to the maximum would be one of the biggest learnings that I come across while sourcing leads. And that has helped me a lot in terms of the uh, output it has generated. I think this is some something really interesting inside which we can have from you, Vaisak. And I like what you said. Uh, generating leads is fine, but uh, try to... Uh, once you once you give connection to someone right and you need to follow up if you are not doing it you may lose that lead in some time or uh, like you may you have the probability of losing the lead if you didn't follow up correctly yes. so maintaining an excel and uh, following them up in a regular and approachable way is something uh, which is really needed for all sales people yeah i agree i agree and Good that you mentioned the connection part over LinkedIn because I tend to see that um, many of them, many of my peers, mm-hmm. are not so um, are not the best equipped in in the sense that they would like to personalize invites. And mm-hmm. I regularly tend to do this right mm-hmm. from my college days. I've been trying to reach out to people with a certain message as to why I would like to connect with them. And although it's called personalization. I believe that it's the right way to connect, especially when you're in a professional social media platform, because otherwise it, it would just sound as if you're spamming and I wouldn't want to be spammed or spam someone. So I don't like to send out connection invites just for the sake of it. I would like to always personalize the invite. I would like to send it out in such a way that they feel that this person is trying to connect with me professionally. So that, that is one good that you mentioned it actually. It just struck me. I mean, I I see many of them not doing it, but I think this could be, I don't know if it's a tip, but 
yeah i use it it works for me okay uh moving on further like uh, uh do you have a specific sources channels or do you follow some industry leader to be very honest i am i'm not a big fan of online resources in order to find inspiration okay. from the reason being that there are a lot many people around me itself that inspire me on a day to day basis so okay, most of them are from the same field yeah that i work with sales itself so in my current company if you if you take a look at my manager if you take a look at my vp of sales there, there are a lot of people just there just there to encourage you to move forward i don't see any mm. reason where any day where they come and say uh, no it's not possible i mean i've been blessed to work with very very um, smart industry experts who have always been pushing me to go forward right from my first company byju's where i have been privileged to be interacting with byju mr byju sir himself and hmm. he's one person who i have always seen who whose whose leadership qualities are supposed to be admired i mean on a real time basis i could see that the way he inspired people to work around him it was a very sexy work ethic and this is mm. something that i've always followed upon and since it was my first company i learned a lot from there and going forward even in the companies that i worked with later on i've been blessed to be surrounded by people who have been very good at what they do and who always urge us to push forward because there's nothing to lose mm. there's nothing to lose at this day and age when you're growing when there's a lot of digital changes happening around you when the world is socializing digitally they provide you the best tips these people provide you the best tips just to go forward and they say there's no looking back if you fail once it's okay just keep on trying and you will hit it at the end and that is yeah. why you get think, to know that you've just taken a step further yeah i think uh people who's close by would influence you more than the people who's uh, running through your uh, instagram feed or uh, linkedin feed so uh this is something yeah. really interesting because uh, your people who is uh, close or the team that you are working in or the team members would influence you more than those mentors or uh, not mentors like leaders out there yeah there there are a lot of these leaders or many motivational speakers or something maybe they might not be the most influential of people for me Mm-hmm. only because i saw them in the online sources say mm-hmm. through a linkedin or through an instagram just because of that i do not have to follow them when there are people who i'm surrounded with who inspire me on a day to day basis with the work ethic with the punctuality with their smartness with their spontaneity of doing things i think they are the best people to learn from but having said that there are there are very 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 good industry leaders who i tend to keep up with or try to you know catch up in the sense of online catching up like you try to see their online posts on a time to time basis uh, i think kunal shah is one among them okay the founder of cred mm-hmm. yeah he is someone who being a philosophy major i think uh, he has inspired me a lot in terms of how businesses have to be run and how the entire process of starting up and all uh, and he has been a very good leader for me to look upon and i okay. think i have not met him uh, offline but whatever i see online whenever i see him doing something online i really feel okay yeah he he's superb i mean he's someone who i should be following and mm. i think offline also i've just read about him or heard about him through my uh, friends or peers and they all speak in high regard of him i mean 
the way he carries about even without an MBA degree or uh, an IIT or a degree from IIT for that matter, he carries himself pretty well. And this is something that I choose to learn upon because being in India, mm. these are the people I believe who can, you know, who can inspire you. And I think he's a very good source for learning, source of learning for me. Okay. Some interesting perspective which we can have from you, Vaishak, because uh, whenever I ask this question, people would come up with a industry leader or mentors that uh, help them. Uh, it's fine. Having mentor is fine. But seeing people who have actually grown before in front of your eyes is someone, is your inspiration that you have to look on. So that's what you mean, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, it's I don't know about how I, I, I actually do not want to know how American business leaders have progressed because the, in the environment there is very different from the environment in India. And rather than learning from hmm. a Warren Buffet or a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs or somebody, I would rather love learning about how Baidu Ravindran does or how Kunal Shah does. Or for that matter, any any CEO or Ritesh uh, from Ritesh Agrawal from OYO. I think just there are a lot of inspirational stories that you got to learn from. And I think these are the people who I look up to. When Okay, wait, I can give you an example. If these people's posts come up on my social networking feed along with Bill Gates, Warren Buffet and all, I think I'll give a shot at these guys and I'll just scroll down for the others. Okay. This is something really interesting which we can have from you, Vaishak. So uh, I would like to, uh, at this moment, I would like to share a slide. So this is the cold outreach sales statistics. Since you work in sales, I would like to know your take on each of these elements. The first element states that are like 75% uh, of surveyed executives are willing to make an appointment or attend an event based on poll calls or emails alone. Is it true in your case? Uh, 75% would mean three out of four, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I would rather say that it would be, yeah, I, I more or less agree with this logic because it, it, um, what I believe is that getting the right source of, uh, information to contact them is the most mm -hmm. difficult part of a B2B sales process. Say okay. you can get a wrong email ID, you can get a wrong number to get in touch with, or but if you get in touch with the right person at the right time or through the right channel, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that it's just a matter of making a conversation and be it through cold email or a cold call. One call would be more than enough. If, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So moving on to the second, it's like uh, it states that only 33% of sales reps time is spent actively selling. Is it true? I do not know because so what do the salespeople do the other 67% of their time? I do not know. <laughs> that uh, that we would like to know from you. <laughs> no, because a sales guy is 24 seven working. If I may, I, I do not know how we look at it, but right now I believe that we are always on the dot like 24 seven. It's, it's, I think it's pretty mandatory for a person stepping into sales that, he has to be there 24 seven. I'm mm -hmm. not saying in the perspective of he has to be a workaholic workaholic, but mm -hmm. then he, there is no division of 33% like, oh, you know, if there are three times, like, if so I actually this is like this, uh, you know, 24 hours. 
No, no. Uh, actually, the, uh, this this element is like this. Uh, selling is the thing where you got to call the client and uh, speak to them about your product or service. So uh, apart from that, uh, do you do some research work before approaching the client? So yeah, that's definitely, what, definitely yeah. that has so, to be done. That, that I think without that, you cannot. Uh, yeah, you cannot be interacting with somebody without knowing anything about the person. Right? So how much does it take like uh, time for you? Like what amount of time does it take for you? And I would like to know about that. Ah. Uh, I, I actually do not reserve any time for researching the person because you never know how famous a person might be until you start researching about them. And the more you research about them, you get to know that there's more to be uncovered. So it de really depends upon the kind of uh, information that you get about the person online because most of the times we tend to go to online resources for finding information about a person. And that can vary from say half an hour till about okay. four hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. it depends upon how active the person is online online and how much relevant information is available about the person online. So this this is something that again I have to give a ballpark figure. Sorry for that. But okay. that's the honest truth. Okay. So moving on to the third element, it's email. So email is forty times more effective at getting new customer than Facebook and Twitter combined. So is it true in today's case? You know what? First thing that went into my head is something like email that the mathematical uh, formula where email greater than symbol Facebook mm -hmm. plus Twitter. So <laughs> okay. I do not know how far this is true because 40 could be 50, 40 could be 20. It depends upon each person's perspective as to how effectively they are using their emails. But mm -hmm. I can definitely say this that email is better than Facebook or Twitter individually. I do okay. not know. I have not combined uh, multiple sources and you know compared them to email. But email is definitely a very good way of reaching out to people, and it's effective. Mm. It's very effective if you have the right set of information with you. Okay, so email is still working for you. Yeah, email email definitely works. See, there's no person who can deny the fact that email doesn't work, and I'm just one among them, you know, who finds email who finds okay. emailing quite cool. Okay. So I think uh, even calling is really good. <laughs> like calling. To be very honest, I would love to get in touch with them over a phone call. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Even if, 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 even if I have their email. Okay. So the fourth element is like, you know, 92% uh, of salespeople give up after four no's, but 80% of prospects say no four times before they say yes. Is it true for you? Mm, I mm, not the best best person to answer this, but I believe it's uh, salespeople. The ideal salesperson should never give up, and I'm not of the giving up person mentally myself. And I don't see my team members or any of the people that I've been working with mm -hmm. really, you know, taking a no for an answer. They were always the yes people. They always wanted a yes, and they always pushed for that. So maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I've been fortunate enough to work with the eight person that you have, you know, you have mentioned in the slide. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I'm just fortunate. Maybe to be very honest, I'm very fortunate. I do not know how much of the 92 percentage I have to deal with in my future. 
but mm-hmm. I'm very blessed to be dealing with the eight percentage that has been given to me for the yes, the yes men. Okay. So I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a firm believer of that mentality. So I think, okay. yeah, it, we are young. Why should we take no for an answer? That's why. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's interesting. So yeah. moving on to the next, it's like, you know, uh, 91% of customers say they would give referrals, but only 11% of sales reps ask for them. You ask for reference. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We do ask for references. Uh, okay. I think, it, I think it's a common practice, but uh, yeah, it, it's a very good way of getting more deals to closure because it optimizes a lot of things, be it in terms of research, time, efficiency, as well as it covers up a lot when you have to reach out to people who you already know rather than a person who you don't know. So I believe in the fact of, uh, reference mm-hmm. and I may sound pompous again, but then I have to say that I have not been with people who tell that, you know, uh, never ask for a referral. Okay. And I don't think one has to be shameless about it also. So okay. I, I do not know how I can agree with the numbers, but then I think it's very good to ask for reference. Mm. That's good to know. Uh-huh. So, uh, moving on to the last element, it's like, you know, uh, 92% of all customer interaction happens on the phone. So you said that, uh, calling them is something is attractive option for you. So I'd like to know more about it. I don't, okay. Let, let me be very honest here. I think many of our interactions only happen through the phone, right from this yeah. call to WhatsApp to, uh, messengers to emailing. I think everything happens on the phone yeah. and yeah, I, I do agree with the fact that 92 percentage or even more, except when you would have to share a slide or something, which might be difficult for the other person to see it. Yeah. I have to agree. With yeah. The thing is like this, maybe, uh, yeah, 92 you know, percent might be a, might be a very good number. Yeah. The thing is like this, uh, I would just, uh, uh, what will build the credibility for you if I give two options? Like either you have to share only one thing to them. So will you share your email ID or will you share your phone number to your friend? Yeah, I I would love to share my phone number with them. To It's a very personal question, right? And we have to, and if we are making a deal with them. I think it's best that we share the uh, phone number I would be personally sharing, but I believe it's because of the nature of the position that I'm in. Like, so mm. if, if, I, if I were a CEO of a company, a big company, okay. And if I have to share my number with somebody, maybe I might find it a bit challenging because of mm-hmm. the number of thoughts that run in my head. But right now I don't mind sharing my number. Okay. So, so sharing numbers build credibility more than sharing your email ID. At this stage of my career. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, so Vaisak, like if you want to give a message to all of the podcast listeners, like what would be that message? Mm, yeah. Uh, my message, I don't think this would be a message is something that I think it's a practice that everyone would find good if they maintain it. Mm-hmm. It is just that 
give it all whatever it is be it a youngster be it an experienced person or be it a fresh graduate i think it's very good to give it all so that you don't feel that you have not given it all i'm just trying to put in the point that whatever at the end of the day when you think about how you did today it's very good to feel positive that you have given it all rather than not giving it all mm. i believe that gets you a very good sleep but it prepares you better for the next day and i think this is something that you know we as millennials are some, i think the generation before mine wouldn't have you know put this as a message but right now i right now these days we see that a lot of uh, sleep cycles are just taken away because mm-hmm. of the stress and pressure and all that and most of the time it stems down to the fact that you have not given it all what mm-hmm. i would like to focus on is just give it all so that mm-hmm. you can sleep well i mean okay it's as simple as that yeah so i guess these listeners would find it a bit weird but yeah that's no, how it's an it's an interesting point i think this is i think this is the great uh, one of the great message which can be reached to all of the podcast uh, listeners who are currently listening to this podcast uh, thank wizak thanks uh, for your time and i really had a great uh, podcast with you we discussed about the industry leaders that you follow and the demographic based approach is something is very new for us uh, for all of the digital marketers and i think uh, that has to also be put into practice Yeah, it was it was pleasure talking to you. I mean, it, it's good to share insights. But then you being a fresher and you getting into the job, it's very good to know your side of things also. And yeah, I mean, it was it was nice talking to you. I never knew the yeah. It's time off. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Vishak. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Ashwath. Have a great day.